Welcome to the new season of The Big Electron. I'm Jackie. I'm Adam. I'm Madeline. And I'm Anahita. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Ooh, man. Alright, welcome back to the Big Electron on KCU 88 Pro One FM. That's the first time we've played that PSA what? and it's a good one. It's it's uh I really like the uh <laughs> I got the cleanest house on the street. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anahita, you have something for us? Yes. Okay. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, um, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, hopefully high, but you know, we love to hear feedback. Uh, it really helps us out and we'd really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Um, and if you have any suggestions, questions, or things that you'd like to hear more about, uh, you can contact us to, uh, you can email us at thebigelectron.kcou at gmail.com. And we also have a Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you can also reach us out there. Yeah. Where we are, the, the Big Electron KCOU. Um, all right. So something cool that happened uh, that was recently published like, earlier this month. It was published by a group in England. Um, and, and it's a whole bunch of universities collaborating. And this is a study that has been done over 26 years. That's a really long time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been over 26 years. Uh, it started in... all 26 years, like... I'm 20... At least... I'm 27. I'm 28. I'm 28. <laughs> we don't need to say ages. Almost as old as us. I, I'm like, that's really crazy. pleading the fifth on this. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 26. So, so they started this... Well, they actually started this back in 1988. And okay. they stopped it at 20, in, in 2014. Wow. And what they were studying, it was sperm that came from dogs. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Any reason? Yeah. Um, so they wanted to study how sperm was changing in adult dogs based on environmental contaminants or chemicals or just environment in general. Um, and how that could be related to what we see in male, um, in, in humans, sperms. So the reason why they started this, it's because it's long been known or has been sort of studied that there is a trend in human semen quality um, hmm. that has been associated with exposure to environmental chemicals. Um, and so here, what they decided to do was... You know, it's really hard to study that in, in males and in humans over a long period of time. Like, they can't really follow you. Or I guess they could. It would just be very diff- difficult to follow a group of males uh, for 20 years. And find out every chemical they were ever exposed to. Uh-huh. So that'd be a bit intrusive, just mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And so there's there's been attempts to study this, uh, but the, the the backlash is that, well, this was in different area in different parts of the, the planet, or it was with different labs. It wasn't the same techniques. And so the results may not be all conclusive in the same, in the same way. And so what they did here is they decided to study sperm 
in dogs, of breeding dogs, um, over a 26-year period, and they wanted to see the quality and see what they were exposed to. And the reason behind this is they think, well, dogs are exposed to the same environmental factors than their owners are. That totally makes sense. So they could be a correlation in there um, that parallels what happens in humans. That's very clever. Yeah, yeah. And dogs can be a little control a little bit more. <laughs> well, not not that the dog can be controlled, but the, your control group or the, the number sure. of dogs that you have. Because you have to take your dog to the vet mm-hmm. at least once a year to get it checked out or whatever. And so that's, that's what they did. Um, so they studied this with three different... They actually used five... Um, races of of dogs but the three main ones <clears throat> so they used five specific breeds of dogs and they were labrador retriever golden retriever curly coat retriever border collie and german shepherd and each each year that they did the study <clears throat> over the 26 um, year period they had in between 42 and 97 dogs so they had a good a good That's amount of numbers for this mm-hmm Oh my god, I didn't know that there was a curly-coated retriever, and they are so cute. <laughs> and so what they did is they anal- they collected the sperm, uh, semen, from the dogs, and then analyzed the percentage of sperm that showed um, the normal pattern of motility, so movement, mm-hmm. um, and that appeared, what, whatever appeared to be normal in their microscope, so the morphology of the sperm. So those were the two things that they looked for. Pretty... Pretty self-explanatory. Um, and what they did is they did this very clever thing that as the dogs were getting older, mm-hmm. they were getting new dogs so that they could have like a continuous flow of kind of the same thing. Um, and they, they also studied what uh, their offsprings were. Uh-huh. So what they found was that in between 1988 and 1998, so in 10 years, mm-hmm. sperm motility, so that is how... Um, how sperm moves and how um, it appears. And the reason why they study sperm motility, it's because um, it's an important part of analysis of male fertility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how you can check for male infertility, actually. Um, so that's, that's why they were looking at that. So in between 1988 and 1998, the motility declined by 2.5% per year. Wow. Compared to... So they're comparing everything to how it was in 1988. Mm -hmm. And then from 2002, so in between 1998 and 2002, it was kind of like a plateau. It was kind of the same. Um, And then between 2002 and 2014, it continued to decline at a rate of 1.2% per year. Hmm. So you started at one, and then by the time you finish, you have like really, really low... um, sperm counts and um, declining semen quality Hmm. Um, that is that then um, it affects um, a whole bunch of other things especially when they're trying to to have uh, puppies Mm -hmm. so what they what they did is they were like well how do we how do we test what the dogs are being exposed to Um, so what they found is that they looked at what chemicals were the ones that were affecting the, moti- the sperm motility and viability. <laughs> and what they found is that these chemicals were found 
in commercially available dog food. Oh, wow. oh great. <laughs> Sorry, that was sarcasm. You can't tell on the radio. Including that was brands that were specifically marketed for puppies, mm-hmm. which affects a lot. Yeah. The puppies. So they, they, did, uh, they did this study where, you know, they, they would take the, the dog sperm and they would um, just look at what was going on in there. And what they did is they also took a little bit of the sperm and they exposed it to those chemicals that they had identified mm-hmm. and they saw the same correlation. Like, yes, motility decreased, quality decreased. Um, and so this must be a, a correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad. It's, yeah. Have it's, they acted on that? Are they, like, working to remove those This those was published. This was published in uh, August 9th. Okay. Oh. So, so very <laughs> recently published. So I, I don't think they're acting on it yeah. yet. <laughs> um, they've known the data since 2014, but, um, you yeah. know, analyzing 26 years of data, it might, it might be a bit a bit. Also, do they say if they're going to continue the study? Like, that seems like a nice longitudinal study that it would be curious to see if it gets better. Uh, They didn't say that on the article, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Really interested in, like, the experimental design. Like, did they test the dogs for fertility, like, when they chose them? Like, I mean, what if you have just a naturally sterile dog? Would it throw off the results? Well... Uh, one like, would hope with this larger number of uh, it would of negate dogs. those kind of issues. Yeah. Well, they, if they designed it well, then, then yeah. yes, yeah. So, so they they did they did so they did two different tests. They did just the regular. Let's see how the sperm is going. How you know what it looks like, what the motility is, and then they tested it up against these chemicals, um, and then they found that that correlation. So that was yeah. the, the chemicals came after. They saw that it was decreasing, and they wanted to find out well what is causing this. So this was sort decrease. of a, a secondary controlled, controlled yeah. group experiment. That that then they saw oh, it is affecting because of let's find out because of what, and then they found out oh it's because of these chemicals that are being added to dog food, hmm. which is also found in um, in some food that we eat. I was going to say is it preservatives yeah. or what is it? Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's preservatives. They have really fancy names um oh like super scientific uh polychlorinated bisphenol congeners um polybrominated which is kind of the same thing and diethylexoplatholate um so yeah but but yeah those are found in in human food as well (laughs) (laughs) um yeah sort of preservatives did you you said one was polybrominated diphenyl Polybrominated diphenyl ether. Okay. So that's uh, used as a flame retardant. So that, if I understand, if I'm remembering correctly, which I hope I am, is um, a chemical that's added to a lot of couches. So just people who sit on couches a lot Uh um, have a higher rate of this found in their body. Wow. So, um, and that has a lot to do with actual science policy is why our couches have flame retardants in them. It's kind of an interesting story in its own, but I won't get off topic. That is fascinating. Yeah, um, they also they also tested like how their their testicles or the testes looked like, and 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 they found that their offspring had reduced size, and that were affecting them uh, in that in that way. Um, male, male, and well, for for male, um, and then um, 
they they tested up against against that and they saw that the sperm quality was decreasing every single year hmm. Hmm. could i could i ask e- either of you two chemists here with, with me to pronounce the name of that chemical one more time that is the the couch polybrominated diphenyl ethers or pd i'm sorry pbde I just want to point out for our listeners that this is the only radio program you will ever hear that word <laughs> pronounced out loud. You are welcome. Uh, but yeah, so so they wanted so this is this is a first study of its kind that they looked at for a very long time, and That's they awesome. they followed the dogs um, for you know up until they were they were no longer fertile, I guess, in the sense of like age. Yeah. Type mm-hmm. and then they brought new ones and they followed them again and yeah. stuff and they had a they had I mean they had a close to in between fifty and a hundred dogs a year so at it's, any given time at mm-hmm. any given time yeah. which is which is great and I feel like wow. that's such a that study could be expanded so easily like mm-hmm. you could work on things like uh, activity and how that affects yeah um, fertility. Yeah, like I'm sure. I'm sure they have a ton of data that yeah. they collected from this. Hopefully, um, they took blood samples or other things. That would be cool. Yeah, that poor grad student who spent 26 years working <laughs> on their PhD. This was somebody's PhD. Someone's the whole like, time. finally. <laughs> this is they spent their whole 26 years working on. This. I will. I will mention that this was this was mentioned on the original article, and they said. We worked with the exact same technique that we used back in 1988, wow. and this and this is something that I say it's the same lab. We try to keep as as much as we could the same amount of people, but the training was the same. The techniques were exactly the same. That has so, to be kind of painful though, because like back in I, 1988, if, yeah. If I had to be. <laughs> using the same technology that my boss or my boss's boss used, oh my gosh, I would mm-hmm. want to shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> you I just know, especially if there's like a new technique oh, that yeah. saves you time, you're oh, like, so why can't we just yeah. do the new thing? And yeah. it's probably more accurate. Yeah. Like there's a million reasons you could convince yourself to switch to but the I can better stuff. totally appreciate yeah. the consistency, yeah. keeping yeah, the every all the controls. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is what they, what they wanted to achieve, to use exactly the same so that there were no variations because that is one of the reasons why the human studies are like well but you use this other technique so how do you know it's the same like how can you really compare the data so Um, they really did the same thing for 26 for 26 years yeah wow that's awesome that's awesome that's wonderful yeah so yeah very Uh, yeah, and this was published in uh, Scientific Reports. It's actually open access data. Um, so if if you're at home and you want to read more about it, the article is actually pretty readable because cool. I don't know nothing about biology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you if you want to check it out, um, it's it's available and you should uh, you should be able to to read it. So yeah. very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I actually have kind of two topics that I want to bring up real quick. One is the first one is kind of a downer. Um, yeah, so, but I don't know, it seems related and like a good thing to know. So, um, a few weeks ago, scientists, you know, a couple months ago, we got super, super excited because they found the Higgs boson and that was this big deal and all this money was spent and it was totally worth it. Uh, so it kind of in a similar vein, scientists are also looking for dark matter. Like that would be really cool if we Mm -hmm. could actually see it because it's dark matter. So we can't see it. 
Um, so they have all these expensive technologies trying to study that. And uh, in a gold mine in South Dakota, they've been um, trying to, to work on some of these things. And recently, they didn't find it. So, <laughs> yeah, bummer, right? Um, but... I thought this was kind of a good thing to bring up because I recently was also reading an article about the impact that failure has on people and like hearing about people's failure. So um, whatever this article I was reading, I don't really remember. They were saying that, okay, so we, we had a bunch of kids and mm -hmm. um, we told we were going to give them a test. But before the test, we either told them about some um, some person's life story or some scientists story about how great like how their great accomplishment mm -hmm. or we told them about um this scientist and their biggest failures and how they you know how they persevered throughout all those failures and then eventually got their big um their big successes yeah and then and this, this was and this was to encourage or i guess the uh, the reason why we started thinking about this is because we want to encourage kids to get into the sciences the, the STEM yeah, fields sure. and they're like yeah but I can't and they're like no people fail all the yeah, time yeah. Like, it mm -hmm. sounds really intimidating to be yeah. you know well I can't be Thomas Edison I can't be whatever well yeah but still like you can still be someone meaningful and so um, what they were testing was actually more subtle than that just like on the very short term what does that do to a person So on these tests, the kids who um, who heard about these great scientists actually did worse because they thought, well, you know, it's even more out of reach. It, yeah, more out of reach. But then the students who uh, who heard about the failures did better. Well, I can um, do that too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, we should be sharing our failures, just like the poor physicists looking for dark matter. They're going to keep looking. Don't worry. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll find it eventually. And it'll be it'll turn into one of those um, success stories, but it's not there yet. Yeah, they thought they had it. seen it. This was at the Large Hadron Collider yep. uh, at CERN, and they they thought they had seen it, and they they went back to their data and analyzed it, and it was like, ah, uh, no. Yeah, they actually it's said they were really. really pleased with the way their data apparently was pretty beautiful, and. They, it didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> their systems were working, but it still wasn't there. Um, so that's my downer story. Um, my upper story, I guess, is about the um, cancer moonshot. So back when the president gave his State of the Union address, mm -hmm. he was saying that, hey, we're going to, you know, back when we wanted to go to the moon, we were really determined and it obviously worked. And so we need to do that for cancer. Um, and I honestly hadn't really heard much about it since. Um, but it's happening. Um, Joe Biden is That's awesome. know, doing stuff with this. And um, so I was reading this article. Um, it's a blog on medium.com by um, one of the people that's involved with the um, NCI, the National Cancer Institutes. So this is Dinah Singer, PhD. And so apparently one of the things that they did that I thought was really cool was they asked for suggestions. Uh, so here, you know, this national institute, all the best researchers, they're like, well, what do you think we should do? <laughs> and so they opened it up for suggestions and they got a really cool variety of ideas. And, and this was open to the public? Yeah, it was, That's awesome. it was just open to everyone, I think. 
Um, so some of them were like, well, so, you know, what do you want us to spend money on? Well, one, invest in um, breakthroughs that are quote unquote on the cusp. So that makes sense. Uh, one that I thought was really good and important, we've talked about it before, is share cancer research results broadly, i.e. open access, um, make stuff more widely available. Well, that's really reassuring to hear that the public wants to know True. the results of these things, that yeah. it's not just, we're not in a society where we blindly listen to people, yep. but we yep. want to be informed. We want to know. And, and since we're talking about this, I'll just point it real quick. Uh, the National Institutes of Health actually has their open access platform. Mm -hmm. It's called PubMed. Um, so anyone who's funded, whose research is funded via the NIH is required to submit their articles so that the public can see it. And this is like within six months. I think it's between six months and 12 months after the original publication um, so that the, the public can access it. And NASA actually will start publishing their data. Awesome. They just opened Ooh. air. They, yeah, they just, fun. this week, they just launched their website. It's called Open Space. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so name. if you want, of course, yeah. classified information will not be shared, but <laughs> uh, for, for their experiments, everything is going to go into that website if you want to check it out, that what is NASA really is cool. doing. Yeah. Um, okay, so real quickly, some of the other ideas that I thought were cool. Um, engage public libraries as health literacy engines. Which is really cool. We already have this infrastructure of public libraries. We're already yeah. giving them public money. Um, let's just make sure that they're educated on things that the public really cares about. Mm -hmm. um, some of the things we're including um, OBGYNs uh, in this process more like to for vaccination, like HPV vaccination. Hmm. Some things that we know help prevent uh, cancer. Yep. The, the the kinds of cancers that we can prevent. Yeah, well, certain kinds yep. of cancer. Um, what about early diagnosis? Because, like... Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that they're trying to do that. Uh-huh. But um, I didn't see any... I didn't see any, like, ideas based on that, but it's uh -huh. definitely, like, one of their, you know, goals Top, yeah. that they're going with. It's like, skin cancer is, like, super preventable. Mm -hmm. Or early yeah. diagnosis, rather. Um, and then one that was really interesting also was... Improve the cancer experience, which hmm. sounds kind of dark, but what they mean by that is um, introduce the concept of con cancer concierges. Oh. Um, similar to patient navigators who are highly trained to help patients find treatment options, navigate their choices, and understand complex information and enroll in clinical trials. So it's like they would investigate more that individual patient's life and, and have a, a plan built around that, like... You know, I guess maybe if you, well, I don't even want to start maybe, guessing what this could yeah, be. Maybe it's someone who's not necessarily a doctor mm -hmm. and they would be willing to spend more time with you for like, because their time is less expensive. Yeah. Um, Cause based I, on, you know, I can imagine experience. every person in every situation oh, very would unique. have a very different yeah. needs for, for cancer. So somebody might be able to undergo chemo. Mm hmm. They would have the time, energy, you mm -hmm. know, financial ability, whereas other people wouldn't. Yep. And sometimes you're just stuck with whatever you can, yeah. whatever your doctor wants. Yeah. Even though that might not actually be the best option for you. Yeah. So trying to improve that experience a little bit. Well, I think we can all imagine lots of ways such a thing could be improved for lots of people. Sure. So, and that's exactly I, what they're doing. They're asking for. Yeah. For I think it's such a cool idea that they're opening about. it up to everyone. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you can you can 
yep spend our taxpayer yeah dollars do brainstorming with people or brainstorm what, what people are thinking and then and then figure out the logistics from there mm-hmm. once you have the idea well that's cool right. hopefully we yeah. we keep updating uh yeah they update us and we can update our people too hopefully the cancer moonshot is effect is as effective as the real moonshot right yeah adam suggested earlier maybe we should consider Uh, just shooting cancer to the moon (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely (laughs) that would be another option or maybe this other exoplanet that's my suggestion to them they they did not respond to yet i'm still waiting to hear back okay (laughs) cool okay well that concludes our first show of the season thanks for listening if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thebigelectron.kcou at gmail.com and rate us on iTunes. iTunes. Uh, for if you're listening to a podcast, I'm Jackie. I'm Adam. I'm Anahita. I'm Madeline. And you're listening to The Big Electron. Uh, until next time. This is The Big Electron. I'm Jackie. I'm Adam. I'm Madeline. And I'm Anahita. Thank you for subscribing and please rate us on iTunes.